When we finally got down to something which the individual says he really wants to do, I will say to him, you do that. And uh, forget the money. Uh, because if you say that getting the money is the most important thing, you will spend your life completely wasting your time. You'll be doing things you don't like doing in order to go on living, that is to go on doing things you don't like doing, which is stupid. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. We're in there. We're in there. Chris, Chris sorted his headphones out. There we go. So a quick introduction. Chris, do you remember how we met? Yeah, it was at, uh, I can't remember the name of the bar. But, Mojito um, Cocktail Lounge. That's it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was you and uh, Nigel and um, what's the other guy's name? Tim, Sean? Tim, 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 Tim. Tim. Um, and yeah, I just rolled up. I can't really remember that much, but I just remember my girlfriend at the time, Victoria was there. She's Russian and, uh, yeah. I don't know. There was cocktails and there was all sorts of shenanigans. So yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. And where, and I mean, for the listeners, where was this and what country was this? This was in Mongolia. In, yeah. uh, in, it's one city in Ulaanbaatar. Um, yeah. just, was it Seoul Street? Yeah, Soul Street. Yeah, yeah, that's where everything's yeah, popping was, on that. Yeah, that was good actually. It took me a while to discover that place, but it, I was glad I did. Yeah, yeah. Cool. For now sure. I have a, I have a question. Now Sean, I know was playing football in in Mongolia. What were you doing in Mongolia? Um, so I was working with a domestic violence um, advocacy group. So okay. uh, they had been. Uh, running, they have been running since 1990 and the government at the time had finally decided to take over some service provision as in like uh, running shelters and, and so on and so forth. So I was helping these guys sort of adjust to more of a, uh, you know, they were mostly lawyers and stuff. So they were just helping them adjust their business operations because they were moving from service provision to more focus on advocacy and uh, yeah, my specialty, one of my specialties is sort of organizational development. So that's what I was, I was helping them sort of reconfigure the structure and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So awesome. a little bit, um, a little bit, yeah, there's no jokes in there to be had. So <laughs> no, not at all. no, but it's good. It sounds like not good work. All. Yeah. yeah and how, how long were you there for in total? Uh, for just about a year, just under a year. Yeah. So you were there in the winter. I left, I left around this time, actually. Um, no, I must have been there for like 10 months. Yeah, because okay. I came just at the tail end of winter and I left just as it was kicking off again. Yeah. So I feel like no one can I, experience this Mongolian winter. It's just too much, huh? Yeah, for <laughs> the people that were there, it sounded horrific. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, we saw enough of it. I saw enough of it. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, it's like there's, it's freezing, but it's also the pollution is on another level. Well, yeah, that was that was that. kind of the worst thing, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. Um, you know, for the people that uh, aren't aware, like uh, UB, as it's known, the city, it sits in a valley, and uh, you know, the city wasn't built for that many people. But the city itself has, has you know, Soviet-era heating 
all around the city, mm-hmm. but all around the the valley, all on the on the the the, the foothills or whatever. Um, that's where all the poor people live, and they just burn anything in order to stay warm. Uh, and they're really inefficient uh, heating systems, but they'll burn tires, polystyrene, just packaging, plastic, anything. And so all the all this kind of crap that they're burning, the particulates, it comes out over the the city and just sits there because there's no wind, there's nowhere for it to go. So you've just got all this this filthy filthy air that just hangs over the city uh in winter particularly it's the the most polluted place in the world yeah um wow so yeah it's a bit of a bit of a mess i was gonna say something else but let's just <laughs> i don't know how pg rated this is <laughs> oh, this, this is as explicit as it gets we can we can go in here well it's a total clusterfuck let's just say that <laughs> there we go okay that's it sounds that like a good description it. Yeah, I, I only caught like the very beginning, like the first, the last week of September, early October. And yeah, I mean, I've never experienced like the nose burning, my throat burns from. Yeah. And that was only and the beginning of it. There's people that wear the masks, you know, uh, pollution masks indoors. That's how bad the pollution is because, you know, they have seals on the doors and whatnot. But um it, it just in some of the buildings is just not good enough, uh, yeah. and you know they're quite. It's, it's the infrastructure is quite old there. Yep. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, fascinating post-apocalyptic kind of Western, you know, something place. It was it was super weird to be there. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I agree to that. Um, you know, and I know we could go maybe way back. Um, so you're born in Australia. Correct. That's right. Yeah, I'm yeah. actually in the house that I grew up in. I'm I'm back living with my mum for a couple of months. Nice. Before I move out uh, to where I'll be working in the hospital, but we'll get onto that. I'm sure. Yeah, sure. So, um, so you grew up, lived in Australia, but you've traveled quite a bit, and you've lived in some very interesting places, including Mongolia. Um, and one of the places I remember you mentioning, and I don't remember so many details, is that you lived in Kenya some time right that's right yeah i was there for nearly three years i was working with the red cross um from 2011 to 2014 um in a little town outside of nairobi called machakos um which i'm very very fond of uh i've you know had have great friendships still there um communicate with the guys we did some great work i mean it really opened up my eyes to just how the world actually is um and uh yeah, I, I I was meant to be going back actually on Friday, um, but because of the COVID situation, uh, yeah, it's not happening. So that, that kind of sucks. But um, yeah, I was there working in food security, working in gender and youth empowerment, working in blood donation, working in, um, you know, water and sanitation, you name it, Red Cross kind of does it there because mm-hmm. um, people may not be aware of it so much outside of, um, you know, the developing world. But in those countries, uh, Red Cross really run all the special services. So we were running the ambulance and stuff at the time as well. Um, we, we sort of pick up a lot where the government doesn't, you know, right. doesn't do that stuff. So whereas in Western countries, obviously, we, ha- we have sort of more sophisticated infrastructure so but yeah it's it's pretty basic there so we were attending road accidents going to like collapsed buildings you know pulling people out of rubble 
you know, Damn. just kind of every anything and yeah. everything. There was floods, there was fires, there was yeah, all sorts of stuff. So, and are the people incredible. pretty welcoming to you? Like the people from the villages and stuff? Are they are they pretty? You know, are they are they welcoming yeah. to you, or is it kind of like this is like a bridge you kind of have to to cross? Look, um, I never. I, I felt safer there than I than I do in a lot of places um, in in Australia. Everyone's extremely respectful, and you know, um, to the point of it being a little bit like uh, I don't know, where you kind of like feel a little bit guilty, I suppose, because they kind of uh, treat you so special. Um, it's pretty hilarious, actually, coming into town sometimes when you've got like a You've, you've got a driver and whatever and he's slowing down through town just to kind of show off that he's got a mazungu in the car like a white man in the car with him you're, you're like a little trophy or a little mascot Wait, what, what was, was that what was that word that you just said a mazungu is like the term for like foreigner um, oh, okay in, in kenya and other places it sort of extends outside of that but um it's a swahili word for foreigner but yeah they there it's it's a symbiotic relationship i think um which is pretty fascinating i loved it there i can't wait to to go back so, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about i mean kenya culture just you know from food to things that you would do with the you know outside of work things that you would do with you know locals and stuff yeah look i mean dancing is is the biggest part of it um I I I really danced a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> this guy dances it, ass off here. I could tell. Yeah, <laughs> and it's dudes on dudes as well, which is um, you hey. gotta be <laughs> you gotta be okay with it. There's no, you know, there's 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 nothing sexual. Well, you would think that there is something sexual about it, but you know, there just isn't. And I don't know. You you're just in the zone, and and you're up up there getting. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Just getting down, it's, it's getting a, down. Yeah. You are getting Throwing down. shapes. You know, I I did. Uh, I was I was out two or three nights a week. Um, you know, they just like having fun. You would think that um, you know, there's kind of a bit of a mess, misrepresentation about how, um, like how much music and stuff there is. For instance, that's more of a West and South African thing. In East Africa, there's there's you know, there's a lot of dancing, but not so much live music as such. But we did karaoke and they're, they're into their nightclubs and it's, um, yeah, it's it's pretty groovy. Um, what did we do? I don't know. You just kind of hang out. You do a lot of just hanging out um, and drinking beer and sometimes doing shots and, you know, maybe what killing a goat. Doing? Killing wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. We want to come back to the killing the goat part. Yeah, there's a there's a bit of there's a bit of slaughter that goes on. Um, you know, killed a chicken, um, cooked that. That was that was pretty horrific. because um, the chicken was looking me right in the eye and we took its head off. Um Man yeah, versus nature. Yeah, like, it really it, is. It almost feels like it's just like, you know, you're becoming a man. So go here's this foreigner. Let's let's make him do all the dirty work. Well, yeah, you you can you can get as involved or not as you want. But I was I was pretty hands on with everything. So I was the only white guy in the town. So it kind of um, 
I was, yeah, I didn't really have much of a choice, to be honest. I was just, uh, I was in there and, and enjoying, as they say, Mzungu enjoy. Um, <laughs> there's, there was a classic uh, photo in the paper with, with some white dude uh, with his arm over two African chicks and uh, the caption underneath was Mzungu enjoying. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> There's, there's some pretty hilarious stories, you know. They've, they've, they've just got a, a very interesting and non-PC take on on uh, on Western relations. So it's a mm. it's a really fun place. It's pretty hectic. Uh, you know, you've got to really have good peripheral vision, and uh, you know, there's there's a lot of road accidents, which is really sad. So you just got to keep your your, your head screwed on. Um, mm-hmm. And but I I I loved it. Um, I I want to move there, you know, for half the time and set up a clinic and stuff eventually. So yeah. Wow. Was that was that the plan when you were you were supposed to go back this this Friday? You said was that the plan was to kind of start the the building blocks on that or? I guess to keep you know I tried to go back as often as I can. Um, this was more for a research project that we're doing in med. So I started med a couple of years ago, just finished second year last Thursday. Uh, and in right. third and fourth year, or particularly third year, we, we have to write a, a research project and I wanted to do some, some preliminary, preliminary research on that. Uh, because yeah, eventually uh, I, I, I'm just trying to keep my, my contacts and, and, and going there and yeah, little by little sort of, um, I guess building blocks, yeah, something like that, mm-hmm. um, indirectly at least. Uh, so I can't remember what I was saying now. Um, <laughs> what was I talking about? We were well, talking I about mean, you. We gotta... Go for it. I, I, I want to go. Back. We can. I can continue this with Kenya. How did that come about? How did you wind up going there? And then you said you stayed there for three years. I mean, that's a. Like yeah, a- so this this whole story of like is has been a bit of a zigzag, you know. I kind of left school late, you know, nineteen ninety eight. I finished school, so so quite a while ago. I wanted to do music. I wanted to do rock and roll. I went to uni, but I was never really massively committed to it. Dropped out, went back because I, you know, wanted to finish my degree, and you know, pretty much straight away, I was I was just playing gigs. But I always kind of kept one foot or half a foot or maybe just a big toe in like, you know, the, the cor- not the corporate world, but I guess in the, the non-music world. Uh-huh. So I kind of always had some kind of job on the side that I, I was going at. And eventually I got quite good at... Um, well, I guess that took up a little bit more of my time than I expected. But I kind of... Uh, started getting involved in indigenous Australia, which probably a lot of Americans wouldn't be familiar with our indigenous culture here, but it's, 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 you know, quite an issue um, that, you know, is, is being dealt with little by little at the moment. You know, there's never been a reconciliation. Um, You know, this land was kind of stolen by the colonists Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And, you know, over the last 20 years, that's the conversations opened up a bit more. So back 15 years when we, I, I started 
you know, trying to engage the community and we went out with the band and did some music and did some, you know, projects and stuff out there. And I got really interested in, in kind of humanitarian causes. Mm. And um, then I guess I wanted to pursue that a bit more, but I didn't really know how, but, you know, I started dating a doctor and then I got some grand ideas about doing that. I moved to Ireland for her and, um then the global financial crisis hit i was looking for a job and you know i noticed like on the who website and un and all that sort of stuff if you had an md then you kind of you got a better chance at getting a career right so i was like yeah maybe maybe i should try and follow this through so when i inevitably got back to australia because i just couldn't afford to leave uh ireland was so hard hit um, I, I tried to apply to medicine and I just didn't have the grades from earlier on to get in. So I was a real rat bag in university. So my, you know, my previous sins came to kind of punish me. Mm. Uh, and I didn't, cause I didn't know anything about it at the time. It's a bit of a long story. I know. Sorry. No, but, this um, is good. This is good to give a little bit of background. Cause there's a, yeah, instead, here. instead I, I, I was like looking around, well, how else am I going to get involved? And, um, I ended up getting this job. It kind of just sailed. I was applying for a whole bunch of stuff, but I got this thing and all of a sudden I was just in Kenya and, um, I thought, well, this was just meant to be. And during that time, I just kept meeting medical people, you know, very early on, there was like this terrible tanker explosion where, you know, this tanker had fallen over and all these people were trying to gather petrol, like 200 people. And like it exploded and, you know, so these, these surgeons and stuff came over from Denmark or something, I think, or Finland, you know, and, you know, donated their time. And then I met some random professor from the university of California who had come there as a, like a a U.S. peace corps back in 1969. And, you know, he was now a pediatrician and blah, blah, blah. And then I I just kept meeting people and it kind of kept nudging me in that direction, but I knew that in order to get into medicine, I'd have to do another undergrad. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to put another three years down the toilet, you know, with the the maybe, the question that maybe I could do medicine if I, you know, if I get good enough grades and then I get the entry score to get in. So it took for me to get through Kenya and then, um, you know, I was living up in Cairns and North Queensland and I finally took the plunge. You know, I sat on this for ages and I was working behind a bar. I ended up working behind a bar again. And um, I was just like, no, I'm going to do it. So, and, you know, just by a miracle, I just worked really hard. I got, you know, when, when you met me in Mongolia, I was still um, part of the way through finishing this science degree. So I didn't know even at that point uh, whether I was going to be successful getting in, it was another, you know, it was another year until after that, that having sat the entrance exam, having got this bachelor of science that I got the offer and yeah, now I'm two years done. So it's, it's been a bit of a, and that's, that's me trying to abridge the story because, uh, it can sound like a bit of a wank. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that, that's that's the best I can do for now. I mean that, but that is, I mean that's perfect here at Footwork. Where you know the podcast is essentially about chasing your dream, right? And sometimes like the timing is not right, and you do something you don't want to do, but there's still this underlying dream that you want to pursue. And I mean that story right there just shows like mm. you kind of had this calling 
to be in the medical field or to help people in this way. And maybe it was pushing it off. It didn't seem possible, right? You have, you would have to go back to get a bachelor's degree to get your grades better, to get into medical school and so on. And then here we are. I mean, what is this 12 years later since Ireland, uh, you were in Ireland. I mean, now you're in your, you just finished your second year. That's incredible. Yeah, it was pretty, it's been pretty serendipitous, I guess, the way that it's all, you know, I'll say that it's worked out. It hasn't yet. You know, I still have to finish <laughs> and whatnot. Um, we're on our way. But yeah, we're on the way. So it, there's definitely, like there was something that just kept pulling me back towards it. So yeah. Yeah, it is funny, I guess, to reflect on it. And you you kind of put that in context, I guess, when you messaged me about it the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, I hadn't really thought about it that way. So, mm. yeah. And to kind of build up what Sean said, yeah, it just kind of seems like this is a dream that's like a little bit off, you know, like the normal road, the, um, you know, like the go to college, nine to five job road. Now, was it like, was it difficult for you to step into this kind of thing where were people saying, you know, like family or friends, you know, kind of looking down on your choices to, 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 to pursue these things? Or has it kind of been, have you been blessed with, you know, just being able to chase this dream? Look, I've definitely had to go it alone. I wouldn't say that people have, have sort of been uh, negative towards the choices that I've made. You know, my, my family were never supportive of my music career, for instance. But, you know, that, with all that said and done, um, and the successes that we had there, uh, you know, it was pretty hard to start, you know, basically start all over again in my mid thirties to get to a point where I'm like, well, you know, uh, I've got to make the choice to, um, cause you get, you get to a certain point and you're like the, you know, the choices are there before you and there's, there's quite a few different roads that you can take. But you realize, I guess, at that point of your life that whichever one of those you take, you're really going to have to commit 100% to. Mm. And it's going to take a few years for you to figure out whether that was the right choice. So it can be quite debilitating. It can be quite paralyzing being confronted with those choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that's, you know, that can be quite common for people sort of in their late, late 20s to mid 30s to kind of try and navigate exactly what they want to do for the rest of le- their life. You know, there's sports people that, uh, and other musicians, other artists that have kind of, I guess, reached a bit of a zenith, but you know, those kind of the glory days, the salad days are kind of coming to a close and you really have to make some hard choices about what you want to do for the rest of your life. Mm. And um, some people never make it through there. They just, you know, keep, peddling this but I, I i didn't want to be that old man that's sort of behind the sitting behind a guitar and kind of you know playing playing the same old songs to a dwindling audience i really wanted to to commit to uh, and so it didn't really matter what anybody else said i was mm-hmm. I, I needed to reinvent myself at that point or or else stagnate so yeah and can you can you go into that a little bit because i mean just one starting over reinventing yourselves you know, these are things like you said that are just extremely hard for people to do. So, what helped you in these situations to kind of look at it and say, "All right, it's time to to you know go in an opposite in a different direction." Yeah, it, it again, it's been a bit of a zigzagging thing because even then, when I like, I've actually just released a solo album, for instance, like yeah, only two months ago. Yeah, yeah low man. key, <laughs> low key. Uh, okay, is, yeah, yeah. 
and it's done really well. It's got the best reviews that I've had, you know, basically my whole solo career. So it kind of, for a brief second, I was like, oh, maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe I, I could do that. No, but I was just like, no, 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 you, you, like, I still enjoy doing it, and I'll, it'll never be just a hobby to me. But um, it was that, it was those things that just kept pulling me back. You know, like when I was in Kenya, I just kept meeting these individuals that through their own story kind of uh, told, you know, opened me up to the potential of, of, of my own and to kind of remind me of, of, of what, you know, what was there before me. And again, like I have to come back to this, this paralyzing thing. It's, it's really hard to, to make that, to take that leap of faith. And, and go, well, I don't know what, if I don't know if I'm going to get the grades that are required. I don't know if, I don't, if I'm going to get a successful entrance score. You know, um, here I've got this, this relationship, you know, am I going to gamble all of this stuff for this? But you've just got to, I guess, it sounds super fucking cheesy, but <laughs> you just got to listen to your conviction. And, you, and I guess, you know, people say you got to listen to your heart. And I think that's your sense of conviction. And, and just eventually you just close your eyes and you kind of just, you just fall forward and, and the rest oh, either yeah. comes or it, it doesn't, you know, I mean, everyone that I do med with, it, it's a massive, it's a massive thing to have gotten in. And, you know, there's been people that have tried, you know, they, they took the entrance exam four times in order to get in. So, uh, you know, I'm surrounded by people that, uh, that have have taken a chance and have um you know have wanted to move their life in in a spe- specific direction it does get harder as you get older though because it is easy just to kind of like you know rest on your laurels and just you know take life easy and actually getting back to your earlier point it's not that people are negative towards you wanting to push in another direction mm-hmm. but they definitely are a little bit you do get a sense that it makes them feel uncomfortable that you're kind of, it makes them reflect on where they are. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's a, a little point. bit like I've lost about 10 kilos just recently. And it's funny that um, when you mention to people that you want to lose weight, one of the first things they say to you is, oh, you don't want to lose too much too, weight too quickly. And you're like, that's what you're worried about. You know, you're <laughs> worried about things, losing really? too much weight. Yeah, yeah shouldn't you be worried about the fact that I've got, you know, that my, I'm over my, like my BMI that, you know, that it actually like having additional <laughs> abdominal weight is, you know, affecting like my health, but it's because, you know, if you lose weight, then it might make them have to think about them losing weight, mm-hmm. you know, so, and it's, changing I mean, their habits and their behaviors. So it can be difficult from that perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a reflection of themselves is what they see. It's, you know, they're presented with, you know, you, you yourself, for example, pursuing a dream or looking to lose weight. And then they're seeing a reflection back at them. And, it, you know, it's almost hurting their ego. Yeah, they're saying, like, what like, am I? They're like, what am I doing? You know, they, they don't want to see that in someone else because then it, it shows their own imperfections, right? Like you, you chose to, cho- to pursue this, this uh, medical career and it's going well so far. But, you know, that could make someone feel uncomfortable because maybe they didn't pursue a dream when they were in their mm. mid-30s. And they're like... I could have done it. But then instead of thinking like, man, this is awesome. I wish I did that. It's almost like there's a negativity about it because they're upset with themselves and they take it out on the person pursuing it. 
you know, it yeah. makes them feel uncomfortable. But I think also part of this too, like you're, so the, the typical medical school entrance, like for me, for example, I would have finished my bachelor's at 21 or 22, try to get into med school at 23, right? But I have no experience, right? You spent time working with the indigenous people in Australia, spent mm-hmm. time in Mongolia with these people, spent time in Kenya for three years. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you spent time in, how, what's that other African country? Mal- Malawi. In Malawi as well. Malawi. Yeah. You're coming into medical school with experience that is, it's, it's, it's priceless. And I feel that, that that is worth so much more than doing it at an early age when you probably weren't, wouldn't have been focused, like you said. Uni wasn't your thing. You just kept your big toe kind of in that industry, but you were really more into music. And now I don't think it's a coincidence that you're doing your dream, what you're loving, what your, your, your passion was always for, and also, you release an album, and now that's getting the best reviews. You're doing both at the same time, and they happen to both be at the best level you've ever done. I don't think it's just a coincidence. Because now, you can do music as a passion, but this is not your career. This, you just love music, right? That you can do that. that this, is your, this is what you're really passionate about, but you also are passionate about this medical career. And this is, this is something that is really fulfilling for you. Clearly, you've worked with just humanity for quite some time now in many different countries. I feel like there's a, there's a tie between these that you happen to just put this album out while you're in medical school and you're, you're getting the best reviews you've ever had. You know? Yeah. When you put it that way, it is <laughs> again, serendipitous, um, some kind of synchronicity that it's all kind of, yeah. And I'm in the best, best, best um, shape that I've been in, you know, I'm, the other day, I ran the the farthest that I've. Yeah, I, I'm in a good spot actually. You know, it's taken a coming. while. It's momentum, you know. Yeah, it is. It is. You just keep, and you've, you just kind of keep putting the little challenges in front of yourself, and you know, it does take a while to build up to that. It hasn't been easy, and I've wanted to do this for a while. So yeah, if there's a lesson, it's kind of like you know, just because you fail once or twice, you know, doesn't. 10 times doesn't mean it can't happen. Mm. Um, you just got to keep, keep trying at it. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. When <laughs> you've, you've summed it up in a way that I haven't really thought about it because I've just been playing, you know, PlayStation waiting for you to call me. So <laughs> I've been sit, sitting on my ass here doing nothing. Um, <laughs> feeling like a lazy ass. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, because, I mean, you know, I'm turning 40 next year. I was feeling a bit shit about it, but now I'm actually feeling pretty good out about it. <laughs> Sean brought it. Yeah. Sean brought it home. I mean, I, I remember mentioning you to Dylan and saying, like, how you're just, like, a hilarious guy, a good guy, but also, like, your story. I didn't know all of it, but the bits and pieces I knew, I thought it was just, like, so off the beaten path, right? Like, you made your own path in a way. And I didn't even know a lot of this, but it was just, like, highly unique. And I knew there was something, there's, there's something here in your story. I didn't know it, but like, even on our notes, like I, I wrote it down what I knew, but like, there was so many <laughs> missing <not> pieces. <laughs> and I mean, here it is, <laughs> right? Like learning everything on the fly. There's still more to it though. But like, I, this is, you, you have pursued a dream that you've, how much it was like an underlying dream you had, but there were commitment issues almost. And you're also, you weren't as focused in school. 
you really love the music. Yeah. And it was I like, think you do have to be in the right place as well. Like right. I can't imagine if I had got in 10 years ago uh, when I first applied and sat the entrance exam, I don't know what sort of person I would have been back then. Uh, and I don't know where I would have been now. I'm eternally grateful for the experience that I had as a result, um, especially, you know, doing, doing, you know, wanting to get into med back then was kind of like, you know, a bit of a fledgling of an idea, but having lived in Africa and lived in Asia and, and really not just experienced those places, but really like, uh, immersed myself in it. It's, it's given, it's given me a proper, you know, I, I feel sorry for, for some of these young guys who are, you know, they want to do med, they kind of have a bit of an idea, but I really know what I want to do after I've done this. I'm, I'm on the path. So I'm very, very grateful that I've had the experiences uh, that have, that are pushing me that just, I, I can keep reminding myself, I do have a goal at the end. It's not like, why am I doing this? This is mm-hmm. difficult. You know, I do have something to remind myself with. And I think that is a gift in itself. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree with that. Like, and, and maybe that's, that's a big piece of it is you, there is an end goal, right? Like the, it might, it might be difficult during it, but you know where you want to, where to bring this. Like you said, you want to, you can see yourself living in Kenya for maybe half the time and opening a clinic there. Um, yeah. And if you didn't have the experience prior, you would have never known that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's, there's a lot more I want to go into. But before that, so we're using this free version of Zoom. So we have to take a water break. <laughs> so minute sessions oh, is all. we're going to pause here quick, get a quick rinse, and uh, we'll, we'll send you a link. Okay? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hold the thought. All right, we're back. All right, we are back. So I hope everyone's refreshed. Chris is uh, staying awake for us. What a trooper. What time is it there now? Uh, it's 1.04 a.m. So it's fine. I had a coffee earlier. I'm feeling good. Oh, what, are we, what are we playing on the PlayStation? I've got the new Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I have to say, it's fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> it's, keeping, uh, okay, it's keeping you up. Yeah, it's pretty good. Love that. Um, I have a question though to continue on with this story. That what, how do you pronounce that country again? Malawi. 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 Okay. How'd you wind up there? Uh, I was following a my girlfriend at the time, so um, a lot of my stories involve following a, a girl uh, girlfriend uh, or them following me. But in this instance, um, it was a American girl from Ohio that I met in um in kenya she was working there for the un and uh then she got a posting in uh, in malawi so i ended up moving there for a while um it didn't last i couldn't i couldn't do malawi it was it was too poor and it was it was just too rough where is it exactly malawi is uh in southern africa so it's kind of sandwiched between like zambia zimbabwe um Mozambique, I think I saw. Mozambique, yeah, yeah, and uh, Tanzania, I think. It's sort of, it was meant to be part of Rhodesia back in the day, which is now Zimbabwe, but they were like Scottish missionaries that were like, no, we want our own place. 
And so the English were like, well, fuck, you can have Malawi because there's nothing, there's literally nothing there. It's the fourth poorest country in the world, I think. And um, it wasn't rough as far as, you know, I didn't think it was too rough as far as the living, but we, where we lived was in uh, kind of the embassy area and it was just nothing around. And for most of it, we didn't have a car and, it was at least like a like a twenty five minute walk just to anything. It was so boring. I you know, I just I couldn't I couldn't get into that life after having lived such an immersive life in Kenya. Malawi was, was a real step down for me, and I mm-hmm. I just had to get out of there. So yeah. So you so you it's didn't really man. pick up anything from the culture there, just because you were kind of uh, away. From you know, it. I um. You know, I spent I spent probably about seven months there, so I wasn't I wasn't there for a short time. It kind of was very much the same as Kenya, but I called it Kenya light because uh, it just <laughs> it didn't have the same engagement, it didn't have the same parties, it didn't have the same mm. vibrancy. Um, it just felt very kind of you know it was just kind of a bit boring actually. So um, there was some cool little bits but nothing like to write home about so mm. sorry malawians it was just we haven't quite way. got there yet like we we're, we're in i think 44 countries now but we haven't quite got there yet so I, you know, right i think you're okay <laughs> okay well if any yeah just in case yeah i am sorry <laughs> so let's well, let's um, go let's go yeah. into the music a little bit i want to so is your is your name your your um your stage name is it the same is it chris or is there so the, the, the stage name is Jackman. Uh, okay. So for, like going back, you know, I've, I've been in a band since I was about 20 called The Basics. Um, it was started between myself and a guy called Wally DeBacker, who a lot of people might know uh, more famously as Gautier from his song, Somebody That I Used To Know. So him and I started a band called The Basics and it was called The Basics because it was just him and I. He played drums, I played guitar and we both sang and it was just The Basics. Um, and then after a, a little while, we got another guitar. We got a guitar, a proper guitarist, because I'm just a schlockmeister. And um, and I moved over onto bass. So it, it's been a three-piece for, you know, basically 18, 17, 18 years. Uh, and we've done a bunch of albums. And you can find all that stuff, you know, online. And there's a bit of a story on Wikipedia and whatnot. But... Um, you know, his success obviously changed things for us, which was one of the reasons that, you know, I ended up in Kenya. One of the reasons that I was really looking at um, changing careers uh, just to be a bit more realistic about my, my prospects, but uh, you know, we still record and play together. So it's, it's certainly not over, but actually when I was in Mongolia, um, I feel like that was the beginning of a bit of a, like a self-discovery thing and you know working in domestic violence it really makes you look at um yourself as a man uh and male behavior and you know all this i was working with all women so i was the one dude in the office um and also just during that year as well sean i don't know if you remember but i i went um I caught the trans-siberian up to moscow and and then i went down to poland and uh, I was investigating some, you know, family roots in that part of the world. You know, most of my 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 parents' roots are, you know, Eastern European, which I'd never engaged with before. 
And so through doing that um, and learn and sort of in, finding out, I guess, because growing up in Australia and it's probably sort of a little bit the same in America, you sort of, um, you know, you're kind of very distant from your root, from whatever roots you might may have mm-hmm. as a kind of, you know, I'm not a European, I'm very much an Australian, but you, you know, there's still cultural elements that have firmly, um, you know, rooted in that place. And so, um, you know, through this, you know, through all this sort of stuff, I came to, uh, I felt like it was a bit of a, you know, tacky sort of cliched self-discovery thing. So the name Jackman, which is my mum's um, maiden name, I decided to take that as the stage name. So, uh, J-A-C-K-M-A-N-N which is kind of annoying because you know Hugh Jackman who's apparently a relative I, I've never seen any evidence of it but people tell me um, you know whenever you search for it he comes up a lot yeah. uh, so it's a little bit hard to find but it's on there and uh, yeah that's the story behind that so yeah it was kind of my time in Mongolia kind of had that just put that in motion yeah mm-hmm. man that's awesome and I remember you t- how do you pronounce his name? I always said it was Gautier. Gautier. Oh, it's Gautier. So Gautier. His, the, the story behind that is, I think it's, it's pretty cool as well, but he's uh, originally from Belgium and his parents, his dad's Flemish Belgian and his mum's French Belgian. And his name, despite it being anglicised as, as Wally or Walter, is actually Walter in, uh, in, in Flemish, which in French translates to Gaultier, like Jean-Paul Gaultier. Uh, and so his mum used to call him Gaultier as a kid, but he didn't know how to spell it. So he spelled it G-O-T-Y-E. Um, uh, so it's kind of, in a way, it's his own name. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, quite yeah. clever. Yeah. And I remember, so, I mean, we could just stay right, right on him real quick. I remember you saying, I mean, the famous song, somebody you used to know, you said like it, he he produced it and he had it for a while, but then he sped it up or something. And that's when it got famous. Something like that. Uh, right? So someone did a remix of it. And I think through uh, the, you know, the remix got circulated. Like it was, it was popular here, but it, you know, it really took off um, in the States, I think as a result of the remix. So, you know, this is quite a while ago, so I can't quite remember that, you know, the, mm-hmm. the whole story, but you know, stuff getting famous, it, it ha- there's so many, there's so many avenues by which, it, you know, you know, people can, can look at how easy it is to kind of uh, cover like for, you know, like a, a dude on a guitar to play it in a, you know, and you remember when that song came out, there was that mountains in the mountains in the sky or something like that. Uh, there was a whole bunch of YouTube covers of it on. Um, so all these things that lend, lend uh legitimacy and lend fame mm-hmm. to a song that you know uh, create this sort of legend around it sometimes it's just how easy it is to to rhyme with a rude word you know like uh, you know the the line is you didn't need, uh, you, you didn't have to cut me off but the amount of times you sing you didn't have to suck me off like you know it just <laughs> being able to rhyme it crudely is 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 actually there's there's a bit of a science to how you know, the, how that sort of then becomes a bit of an earworm mm. um, and how that lends itself to people remembering it because it right. rhymes so easily with crassness. Uh, so, yeah, there's, a, there's theories around that sort of stuff as well as to why things, you know, 
stay Become, in the public yeah. consciousness. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. Is this something that you keep in mind when you create or no? Is it just kind of like, Oh, <laughs> I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if direct as directly as that, but you know, I do, we do like taking the piss. So, um, mm, there's plenty course. of, there's plenty of, uh, funny so little we things. have this, we have this new project out. What's it called again? Uh, Jackman and the, uh, the album's called low key. It just came out a couple of months ago. Oh, very yeah. nice. And so is it, is it just you? Is it, is it, it's a, it's a one man show on this and you're, you're writing the music, you're producing the music, you're playing the music and singing it or what's the, uh, no, I really just, I really just sang on it actually. So, um, I went over to, um, this was another dream that I sort of managed to make happen, but, uh, I went back to Abbey Road Studios in London where the Beatles recorded and Pink Floyd and, you know, I, I have recorded there and mixed there a few times now over my, you know, the, my sort of career. Um, but, you know, that's like a, a kid's dream to record there. And, and yeah. you know, I've been lucky enough to, to realise that. But, yeah, I sort of got in contact with uh, the guy, you know, that was sort of recording and uh, producing or co-producing the album, Sam O'Kell who actually has remixed uh, all the Beatles stuff recently. And he's working on the Let It Be um, re-release at the moment. Um, but he was, I was going to be working with him. And I, I said, oh, look, I, I'd really like, um, I was just going to go there and mess around. I wasn't intending on recording an album, actually. I only booked like a weekend, so a couple of days. But I'd, I'd written a few songs and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a shit guitarist, as I mentioned before. And often when, as soon as you put a mic in front of someone, you know, you choke up. Um, first take is usually okay, but then you're like, oh, I think I could do better. But then it progressively inevitably becomes worse. So hmm. I, I was like, oh, can you get me a, like a guitarist to someone to take that variable out of the equation just so hmm. I can just focus on like giving a decent vocal performance because um, I'd never played these songs before. I wrote them specifically for this occasion. And then, so I got this great guy, Adam Chetwood. Uh, and then I was like, you know, it'd be great to have some percussion on there. And uh, John Bleece came on board, who's, you know, plays with Goldfrapp and Paolo Nutini and, you know, all these other guys. And then the final piece of the puzzle was, um, was Paddy Milner, who plays with uh, Jack Bruce, or played with Jack Bruce, he's now passed on, but uh, Tom Jones and, you know, he's just an incredible player. And um, these three guys, you know, all... Um, British, uh, just, I don't know. It was like otherworldly the way we just got together, like the afternoon before the recording and just banged together these 13 songs. They just read the vibe, read the room. And we went in there and basically recorded the whole album, you know, in one day, you know, with some over, you know, a couple of overdubs the next day, uh, just to fix up a couple of bits, but it was, it was almost entirely live and entirely to tape. It was, you know, like it was something that I'd been chasing for so long to be able to do it yeah. like that. And it actually, you know, it came together this time and uh, it was, so it's, it's, was, it's been really great, which is one of the reasons I've been really hesitant to do any live shows with it because I feel like their presence was so integral to the sound um, that it would seem disingenuous not to have them. So eventually I want to try and bring them out here and, um, and do some shows, but you know, that's obviously not possible at the moment. So yeah. yeah. In due time. Wow. 
That's awesome. And, and prior to this, if I remember correctly, you took this, like you said, the Trans-Siberian train from Mongolia to eventually landing Moscow, Haven, right? Was yeah. That, was, it was all on one kind of trip. It was. Yeah. So I, I think I went to and from Beijing first. Um, on the tra- So how is this whole train ride? Explain, explain this. Cause this train, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So the train goes, essentially goes from Beijing to, um, to Moscow. And then there's a bit of an extension. Uh, you know, it used to be, um, so the Orient Express is kind of what it kind of loosely used to be known as. It's all been a little bit reconfigured, but I always wanted to catch the Orient Express. It's a bit of a, you know, I grew up reading, you know, Agatha Christie and other, you know, things like that. Being in Australia, we're kind of quite anglicised like that, or at least we used to be. Um, so I had this kind of romantic notion of, of you know, five, six days on a train up and you know for for the most part it actually came true i got terribly ill uh for a couple of days and and uh you know i, I bought some stuff in ub that just kind of went off and oh, know, no. like, <laughs> yeah i and it's not a great thing, feeling to be sick on a train because yeah. yeah there's no getting off right nothing's not know? stopping <laughs> it's not stopping That's the, and it's moving around a lot mm. oh. um, <laughs> So, um, I, I, if for anyone thinking of doing the same thing, really plan ahead what you want to eat because uh, that's that's. I thought of that far too late in the in the game. Um, Was it something just completely out there, or just kind of you know something you thought your stomach could handle and obviously couldn't? Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I bought some salami, um, thinking, yeah, this is sweet, but. Um, uh i think it just kind of went off um mm. and it was where you ate it and then yeah well you know you can you can get the salami that's kind of in a stick and then you you know ah, you just cut like it off dried, and it's fine. Yeah, they're yeah. really dry but I, yeah. I bought the stuff that wasn't dried it was like in a packet and i was mm. it was just amateur hour it was amateur hour <laughs> so uh i never i didn't spew or anything like that i just got really like kind of woozy and I took like a couple of sleeping tablets. Like it knocked me out for like, I woke up basically 24 hours later and I was fine, but it was a very weird 24 hours. Um, Where I am I? Recommend it. What a romantic yeah. train ride. <laughs> yeah. I was in Russia by that point. So yeah. But you know, it's five days on the train. So there was definitely plenty more to come. It's not like I missed out. Um, so yeah, traveling across that countryside, like incredible. And it's, it's, you know, it just, they have shadows and stuff there that we just don't have down here. So, uh, the sun hits the earth in a very different way. Mm. And so, yeah, I got up to Moscow, went down to Poland, went, uh, you know, through Europe up to the UK. I went back to Kenya on that trip. And then I went over to the States actually. Um, I went to New York on that same trip and yeah, it was, it was, wow. it, was it was massive. It was massive. <laughs> yeah, you, and you went big. <laughs> yeah, I know. It and it almost, silly. it almost ended before it, you know, before it really kicked off with this, this, this salami, the almost, salami. It almost threw you. <laughs> I know it was so delicious too. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, it's always the well, good ones. Well, I think I think we stick on this. Um, 
so we have a game show. Would you like to play a game show? It's just about, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> you don't really have a choice, but. <laughs> yeah, okay. At least I can be a willing participant. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So you, um, you've lived in Kenya, uh, Malawi, if I'm saying that wrong again, Mongolia, Ireland, uh, England. Yeah. You lived there for a short stint and then Australia, but we won't count that since that's home. Yeah. So we're just going to ask you a question and just give us the answer for uh, which country is the best. So, for example, the best food. Country with the best food. Best food. Uh, oh, gosh, that's tough. Because none of, <laughs> none of them... I mean, I wouldn't say that the national dishes of any of these countries are really anything to write home about. You know, you remember the food in Mongolia, Sean. It was, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty rough going. And it's the same in, in Af- like in, in Kenya and uh, Malawi. Okay. It's really bland as well. Mm. And, you did, know, you ever, England, did you ever have Suvin? I had basically anything that you could you could have there. I'd never had arig. I never had the like the fermented goat's milk. That was the one thing I didn't, or the horse's milk, or whatever the fuck it was. Um, but I had Suvin. I had the 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 um, Hoshur. Hush, oh, I loved Hoshur. Yeah. not you could, bad. You could get decent yeah. ones. You could get good ones, huh? Like it's it's like it's a hit or a miss, though. Like Hoshur for everyone out there. I think we've talked about this before. It's like a fried. It's like an empanada. It's like fried bread with meat inside. But sometimes inside is just like oil and fat bits. Yeah, the like, chunky bits. It's like, no it's like a mystery. It's like a mystery thing. Sometimes it could be good because it's fried bread. I mean, it can't, fried dough is always good. But like inside, it's kind of a, eh, it's a question mark. The first bite is always, <laughs> <laughs> is always, always a little nerve wracking. There was um, one particular place where my, the, the, my Mongolian crew, they were like, this is the best. And it was on the way out to the Chinga statue. Uh, just this, you know, this dingy kind of nothing of a place. But I have to say they were 100% correct. It was the best. So are you giving Mongolia the best food? <laughs> no, Christ, no. I'd have to say Australia has the best food. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right. We'll give it to you. One um, snuck in from home. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. How about um, how about the most interesting social custom? Um, most interesting social custom. I mean, it would definitely have to either be Kenya or Mongolia. Um, social custom. It's killing goats. There was a, Is that a social there custom? Was, there was a funny thing in Mongolia which wasn't talked about enough but um and uh i don't know whether to talk about it um you didn't come across it much in uv or at all but it's oh i'm still... interested now please tell <laughs> so um the so the young boys um uh so apparently the they they uh, would sort of grab the tip of the young boy's penis and sniff it. And there's this certain, you know, musk that is really in, like, you know, cause it's a boy and it's going to take the head of the household's name and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. One day they, that it's like a real kind of invigorating, almost like, you know, taking a hit, like a snuff hit. What? But 
yeah, they grab the, and it's like, there's a little action that you even do, but we learned about it in our, like the first week that we were there, we had like a cultural sort of, uh, you know, attache, I guess. And uh, someone had read about it and they asked them about it and they're like, yeah, well, this actually does happen still. So, um, I mean, it's not a sexual thing at all, but, you know, it's definitely, we'd raise some significant eyebrows. I think, it would do, I think it would do more than, than that. Yeah. Wow. I don't know how to, I don't know how. I, I, I mean, I'm Mongolia, Mongolia takes the cake. There's a social custom. I mean, that is, right. wow. I, specific, I never heard of that. There's a specific term for it and I'm, I'm just, I can't, it's slipping my mind right now, but the action, oh, dropping my phone. The action sort of like, they, they do this kind of, you know, <laughs> it's just like. Oh, People, you're going to have to check this out on YouTube to see exactly what Chris is talking about. Yeah. There's a that musk. Is, they call it a musk. I'm speechless. That's, that's insane. <laughs> All right. So we got one, we got one Australia. We got one Mongolia. Wow. What's next? Um, best night out. I think I know the answer to this one. Oh, my, my nights out in Kenya were, yeah. were fucking epic, I have to say. so it's, it's, It seemed like that was an easy one. And we had such a great crew, whether I was uh, at home in Machakos with my local guys or I had a crew of, like, Australian girls that lived in Nairobi and I used to go in there sort of every three or four weeks and just rock out. And Yeah, we just had... We had a, you know, when you just have those, that golden crew where, mm. you, you know, you yeah. can just trust each other and everything's sweet like i had that either at the home or the away turf so it was just good times that's awesome what about uh the nicest people like locals nicest friendliest locals kenyans are definitely the nicest i mean they are just you know there's a bit of a cliche about how they're always smiling and always happy and yeah but it's 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 a cliche for a reason because you know, I was, you know, you're just high-fiving everyone. You're high-fiving little kids. You're just high-fiving old, old ladies. <laughs> you are. Like, literally on the way to work, I would high-five at least half a dozen people. And you compare that to coming back here. Or say, like, when, when I first went to, when I very first went to the States um, and I was visiting, uh, I was with my girlfriend at the time who was from Ohio and we'd driven up to where she was from in Toledo and uh, we stopped at a set of lights and uh, there's a dude in a massive SUV sort of thing. You know, I'd just come from Kent. We'd both just come from Africa and I'd just sort of given him a wave. The dude like nearly jumped out of his car and wanted to fucking throttle me. He was like, what the fuck's your problem, man? Like, what the fuck? And I was just like, I was literally just waving <laughs> hello. Like, um, it was because that's just a common thing to greet people. You, you, right. you just greet people. Um, and I guess I'd been there for so long. Well, and never been to America. I didn't really know that the reaction would just be so uh, extreme to so, the other side. So America wasn't on this list, but we're going to have to give a negative one. So U.S. is, yeah. is negative one now. Sorry. It was pretty confronting. Oh, well. Oh, well. All, All right. right. What's next, Sean? Um, best weather. Again, Kenya. What is so? What I mean, is the, the, what is the, the weather? It's just like. hot as hell. No, no. See, this is that's another uh, misconception. Look, I didn't know anything about it either when I when I flew in there. I'll be honest. Um, I, I I didn't know any more than than I'm sure what you guys uh, know. Maybe significantly less. <laughs> um, but you know, Nairobi is actually 
up on it on a hill. You can actually get altitude sickness there. Um, it's, uh, it's, but it's still, it's near the equator. So it's kind of, um, it's cool, but it's, it's, it's warm at the same time. So where I lived, it's slightly down the hill and, uh, towards, you know, um, uh, 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 Mombasa and, um, it's basically 26 degrees all year round. So, um, you know, they just have two seasons like wet and dry. And uh, it's just great weather. The only downside is all the mosquitoes. So, mm-hmm. but it never really, um, dry, you know, it might go one degree either way. <laughs> it never really goes much further than that. It's wow. just either That's wet or That's dry. That's pretty great. That's awesome. But then you get guys that'll like drop one degree and they're wearing scarves, they're wearing like <laughs> giant coats and they're like, it's freezing. And I'm like, <laughs> Are you fucking serious? I'm still out in like shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. Just loving. I mean, we changed. We've had we have <laughs> yeah. teammates on our last team. We had a bunch of teammates from Ghana, and they would be like you said, it'd be like 17 degrees, and they'd be in a winter jacket. Winter yeah, jacket. the resilience <laughs> like, for the cold is not. Long. It's not cold, but I get it. I get it when it's that hot. I guess. Yeah. yeah. All right, Kenya. Kenya is sweet. Kenya seems like it's, it's yeah. Scorpion. What about, I think, damn, I might win this one too. The best nature. So like the best scenery, best, you know, outdoors kind of place. Yeah, look, it, it has to. I mean, this was yeah. one of the sad things about being in Mongolia because, you know, I, I, I felt like I'd been a little bit spoiled by my time in Africa. Like I was, you know, when, you, when you've gone to like the cradle of humanity in the, 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 the Rift Valley and you see what that looks like and it takes you it literally takes your breath away because you're like holy shit this is where like humanity as we know it began and it's like beautiful and it's a fucking valley it's kind of hard (laughs) to like to go back on that Mm. and mongolia was incredible in its own way sean you know that like it's got those those sweeping plains and you know it's very romantic in its own way and i'll be honest island too island's incredibly beautiful you know, it's like something out of fucking Lord of the Rings. You know, you're going, mm. you get so much out of it from, you know, from one hour of driving to the next. But Kenya is just, it's like something out of a storybook. So, wow. yeah, it was, it was pretty magic. But all three of those places, you know, they rank very highly. And it's Australia, of course. But, you know, you really have to go a long way to, you, you go through a lot of nothing to see something pretty special. Right, right. Um, all right. What about tourist attraction? Yeah. Okay. I mean, Kenya <laughs> definitely doesn't win there. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Um, tourist attraction. I reckon England would be up there as far as tourists, either England or Ireland would have to like Australia is amazing. Don't get me wrong. But like I said, we're a big place and you have to drive a long way to see the stuff that is it's we're kind of famous for mm-hmm. there's a lot of distance between places so don't think that like you know everything's just next to each other because it's not it's like several days driving apart whereas in england like you can go to london and just probably spend a whole month just exploring london you know you can go to baker street and look around you know where the, the sherlock holmes character was you know, created and you can go to like the tower of London. And like, I, I spent a lot of time when I was living there, I 
had some friends and drove around and like explore like Roman ruins and shit like that. Go to Stonehenge and, you know, it's just incredible. Like the stuff that they're not known for is, is just as amazing as the stuff that they are known for. Mm. And similarly with Ireland, you know, they've got some ancient monoliths and stuff there that, you know, they might have a little sign up and that's about it. Uh, you know, it's right. not like, you know, it's not noted as a tourist attraction, but there's a lot of off the beaten track stuff, which, um, which, you know, you can just find just on the side of the road. So those two places, just because they're kind of small, uh, you can get around them really easy. You know, they've had lots of like hundreds, if not thousands of years of stratified history. You know, you're going to find there's something for everyone there. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if Sean told you, but I actually, I played like a year in Tasmania. Ah, really? No, yeah. So I, I lived in Tassie. Yeah. I lived in, um, in Launceston. I don't know how, how often you've, you've been there. I've been there quite a few times. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I, um, mean, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. Beautiful. It's, it's very beautiful place. And um, Hobart, I think is a great city. And yeah. if, if you're an outdoors person, I just think it's like, it's a great place to be. A lot of people do, you know, like multiple day hikes or they just rent a camper van and go around the, you know, the entire island. So I loved it. but And it's, it's much easier access wise, Tassie, because it's just all there. And mm, yeah. Um, yeah, you don't have the, the massive, you know, it's, it's three hours from top to bottom sort of thing. So um, yeah, you can get around it much you easier. You can do all of it pretty, you know, pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. All right, back back to our game. I think this is our final one. Um, we yes. got bang for the buck. So you know where your money is, where you're a king, where you're living like a king for not so much. Oh, uh, I think definitely Kenya again. I mean, beats Mongolia. You can, it does actually. Uh, maybe wow. not so much if you were living in Nairobi, but mm. where I was uh, in Machakos, out in the sticks there. Um, yeah, okay, you had to take some. You had to to take the good with the bad, but like you know, <laughs> this is going to sound fucking awful. But you know, where I lived, uh, it was completely. I had to 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 put the whole thing together myself. Like there was mm-hmm. nothing. It was just three concrete rooms and a kitchen, and there wasn't even anything in the kitchen. So I had to go to the local department store. And I had like five guys following me with trolleys and I was just like picking shit out. I'm like, I'm going to take that fridge and I'm going to take that TV. And like, I was getting shit that I could never have afforded in Australia. Um, I had a pretty, like I got a, a, like a, a proper gym set and stuff sent from, from, from Nairobi. Like I had a proper like cross trainer and, so I, I set up the second bedroom as like my gym and mm-hmm. uh, which I then donated to the hotel when I left, um, you know, I bought a car there and, uh, and yeah, you can just, you can be, you can be a bit of a, I mean, there's a what, reason. What did that run you like a hundred bucks, all that? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, we, we got paid pretty well and, uh, but it wasn't that much, but in, in the context you can really, speaking. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get. I mean, you look, there are cheaper places in the world, um, and it's probably gone up since I was since I was there. But that said, as far as the places that I've lived, it was it was definitely you could live like a king there. Ah, so oh, Chris, we lost your video. Oops, yeah, sorry, I had to. Kenya just just 
it just swept. Yeah. I mean, no so one else even had here? more we than one. Mongolia had a social custom. Five for Kenya, one for England. One for I'm, a, I'm a bit of a Kenya file. Kenya. Say, All right. Sorry. Well, Kenya this, takes the know, cake. I'm interested. Man, I want to go to Kenya. When you set up your clinic, I'm coming. Yeah, yeah. You're very welcome. Um, I, I would love to. Yeah, don't don't buy into any of those like tours that they sell from overseas. You can get everything for way cheaper in country, and uh, like a fraction of the price. So mm-hmm. don't get sucked into any package tours. Yeah, gotcha. All right, and um, I mean we'll wrap this up. One final question: mm. um, Would you have done anything differently? Would you have done this journey differently? If you can go back in time. That's a really difficult question because, uh, I you know, in amongst all this, I kind of alluded to it before, there's always been, you know, I reflect on a couple of relationships that I've had in the past that I kind of uh, wish I'd done stuff a little bit differently in and that might have, like, have led me in a different direction. As far as my professional life, though, you know, I'm I'm really happy with where things are going but personally i think i would have liked to have been a little less of a prick and a little just a le- little less anxious you know to make something of myself and just be a little bit more chill so um you know that's 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 something that i i i do kind of think about yeah all right man well chris what a pleasure. It's been to uh, catch up with you. It's been, it's been great to talk to you quite, guys. Thanks for, thanks for staying up for us. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate yeah, that. Effort. I'm glad I did. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. And nice to meet you, Dylan. It's been yeah, really you too. Absolutely. Hopefully, uh, like Sean said, we'll come, we'll come to the clinic once it's set up and, and yeah. Uh, and come back over to around. Australia. Sean, you haven't been here, have you? No, I have, I have to get over there. Where are you yeah. right now in Australia? I'm in Melbourne. I'm in Melbourne. Yeah. Okay. So I'll yeah. be moving out to uh, country Victoria. Um, mm. like in about eight weeks for my hospital, first in my hospital rotation. Okay. So it's going to be a bit of a change of pace, but I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Maybe a little less Assassin's Creed. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> There's always time. There's always time. There's always time yeah. for that. You got, to make, you got to make time for the things you love. You know? Of course. This, of is, course. this is fact. This Speaking is fact. on that, yeah. I mean, just to, just to plug your music one more time. Uh, tell everyone where they can they can find everything and um, you know, yeah, well, whatever platform you're on, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Music, uh, just look up Jackman J A C K M A double N and the album's low key, or you can look up the basics. Um, uh, you know, on Wiki, on YouTube, on you know, you name it, it's out there. So um, just get in there and enjoy. Yeah, awesome, amazing. All right, Chris. Well, we will. Uh, I think we're gonna have to do a round two at some point when you finish your uh, finish your. Yeah, residence. let's do it. Yeah. Maybe we'll do it live Cheers. from Kenya. Now that would be hey. dope. <laughs> yeah, that would be. That would be fire. Man. All right, man. Take care, guys. Later, bro. All the best. Thank you, man. See you later. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. 